Hey everyone, welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag coming to you live once again from the J Cave and the Bill Cave. And just a reminder, everyone, we the best podcast. We the best podcast. Yes, take that, all you other podcasters. I am joined, as always, by my good man, Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? Sorry for the delay there, for those who are watching us live. Um, but hey, just- well, the more we stalled, the more people came. So we should stall you, folks, more often. <laughs> yes, so glad all of you are joining us tonight. Once again, for another episode of Mixed Bag. And uh, just want to give a quick shout out to the Rangers for going to the what is it? That's Eastern playoffs. Conference Finals. Game one tonight, baby. Let's go, Blue Shirts. Let's go. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go. Us New Yorkers, we love to see it. Anyways, <coughs> Bill, aside from the Rangers going to the uh, – not the – what would you just say? I forgot. Eastern I'm drawing Conference a, Finals. We're doing a horrible job already. Anyways. Hey, hey, leave that to the professionals. Me. Yeah, so leave it to the Sports Insanity Podcast. Check them out. Which you um, should because we're awesome. Yes. Aside from that, everyone, we we, are, we have a very good topic tonight, given that it's June 1st. Bill, what is our topic tonight? Well, folks, it's June. Yes, yes. Summer's almost here, and all you kids, school is going to be out soon. Woo! And you get to enjoy your summer. But June is also Pride Month. Correct. So in honor of the beginning of Pride Month tonight, we're going to be talking about m- movies, TV shows, and music that represents the LGBTQ community. Correct. And so we're going to have some fun tonight, because don't we always have fun? Bill, we always have fun. You know it. And you know what? I'm going to say this straight up. We got to get something right from Jump Street here. Are you ready? Jump Street, what do you got? Okay, and I'm dead serious about this. It, yes, we are talking about LGBT stuff tonight. If you put any homophobic comments in the chat, they will be deleted. Yep, we, we, we do not we put t- up with that. We take this stuff very seriously, guys. So, you know, we anything that's homophobic, transphobic, we yep. are not that it will not be tolerated. We are a very friendly podcast. We love to talk about what we love to talk about, but we keep it to a very serious degree as well. So just letting you guys know ahead of time. Okay. So speaking of serious. So you want to start off this serious topic of talking about Nathan Lane dressed as a woman? Sure, Bill. Why um, not? Which movie are we talking about first? We're going to begin with The Birdcage. The Birdcage. I go. actually did a review of this movie last year. If you want to go check that out. Check out our, our, our review on our YouTube channel. Okay, so for those of you who haven't seen this movie, I deeply question your taste. But um, <laughs> yeah, your test your taste has been questioned by me. By Bill. me. But anyway, okay. So the Birdcage was made in 1996. It's about okay. It's about a gay couple played by Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. Um, they are, yeah, they're a gay couple that lives in South Beach. And Robin Williams' character owns a nightclub called The Birdcage. Yes. Which is like a gay nightclub. And they host drag shows. And one night... His son, 
who is played by... Hold on, I, I gotta get the character's name here. This is my fault, folks. I apologize. Bill. I'm kidding. The Bill Murphy Apology Tour, coming soon. Um, yes. Okay. Um, Armand, who is played by Robin Williams, his, um, his son, Val, plays by Dan Futterman. Okay, um... For those of you who are a little confused, um, Val is actually Ardman's son from a one night of from a one night stand he had years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and Val's, you know, Armin's partner played Albert, played by Nathan Lane. Yes, Timon from The Lion King. Right. Okay, so anyway, Val's son comes with news. No, Armin's son comes with big news. I'm getting characters confused here, folks. I'm sorry. You're good, bud. Um, Take your time. Armin's son comes with big news that he's getting married. And he is actually, and, you know, with the whole typical, oh, you're too young to get married. But here's where things get interesting. Um, okay. So Val's Val's fiance's parents is a senator, a conservative senator, and his wife, played by Gene Hackman. Yes, the Gene Hackman. And Diane Weist, as I made... Okay, I made this joke in the review. I'm going to make it again. I think Gene Hackman's very upset this time because he can't kill Superman. Um, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, who is a conservative Republican senator. And now... And they don't tell him that they're gay. But that's the least of their problems. Because you know what they're going through, JT? What are they going through, Bill? A scandal! Da, 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 da. Who doesn't like a good scandal? Um. Anyway, okay. So anyway, um. So anyway, the Senator Keeley, who is played by Gene Hackman, he's the head of one of those family values organizations. Yep. And till finds out that uh his colleague and friend who he was um who he was run who who he was running the organization with. Died of a heart attack. Oh no, that's awful. Oh, it gets even it gets even more interesting. He died of a heart attack while having while having a uh, little something with a um, underage prostitute. Oh god. So now, because he's up for because this senator is now up for re-election. The senator is now up for re-election. There's a. There's a um there is a um there's now a scandal. He's afraid he's gonna lose his seat. And there's actually a because he, he's frowning on the marriage at first, but then he approves it. You know why he approves it, JT? Why, Bill? Because he because it's gonna distract the public from the scandal. Even better. And you know what? There's actually a scene when there's like press all outside his house. Yeah. And he's like trying to avoid them. He, he has a ladder and he's like going through the bedroom window. Oh my God. And 
one of my favorite scenes in the movie. He goes, okay, I'm going to go out. And then there's like the press is usually outside, is literally outside his bedroom window and he's on the ladder and he's like, Senator, Senator. Wow. The best place to give a press conference on a ladder. <laughs> I want to see more ladder press conferences. More ladder press conferences coming uh, soon. He goes, uh, yes, uh, me and my colleagues at both parties, I mourn, we mourn the loss of our dear friend and colleague. Um, we are going to need some time to, uh, to our, to, to, I'm going to need some time to meet my family. We're going to our, to our farm. And they're actually going to South Beach to meet Val and Armin. And yeah, there's a lot of tension between Val and, well, not tension, but the thing is when you have like, you know, uber conservative people coming over who yeah. frown on homosexuality. Yeah. And you find out your father's gay and he has a same sex partner. Um, I don't think that's really something you want to, something you really, not, I don't think that he's ashamed, but it's, you know, but anyway, they're trying to get him to hide his sexuality, which I will be honest is kind of a dick move. It is kind of a dick move. The kid hide wanted to say, Hey, can you tell Al to maybe go out a few hours while, um, while, while Barbara and her parents are here. And so anyway, okay, some of the best scenes in the movie is when Armin is trying to get Al to act straight. Oh my God. It's actually hilarious. Oh, I'm, it sounds like it. <laughs> and you have you ever seen this movie? I actually have not. Personally. Shame! Here we go. Let the shame come on me, folks. But anyway, um, so, but then he said, oh, I'll just post that you, I'm your uncle or something. But it's okay. So anyway, Armin decides to go see, to get Val's mom, who again is the woman that he had a one night stand with years ago and basically has no contact with her son. And okay, so the night of the dinner comes. Yeah. And 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 so the mom gets stuck in traffic. Senator Keeley and his wife come over. So Nathan Lane does whatever just insane person would do. And you know what that is? What's that? Dresses, dresses up as a woman and pretends to be the mom. Oh, my God. I got to admit, it is seeing Nathan Lane dress up as a woman is absolutely hilarious. Oh, man. He, he's all like, oh, Mrs. Co- oh, Goldman, oh, because oh, with France and with Greece, like, Every time I, all I gotta do is, is hear what name, hear how my, our name is pronounced, and boom, I know where we are. And and I come here, give me a hug. Oh, she's shy, so adorable. I'm gonna be honest with you, JD. When I first watched this movie, yeah. I was pissing my pants laughing. Sounds like it. I was pissing my pants laughing. I was. I was. It was hearing that, you know, seeing, even though we all love the late, great Robin Williams, I'm going to be honest with you folks. Yeah. Nathan Lane is the real star of the show here. Um, Because you know what's so funny is they originally wanted Robin Williams to play 
Nathan Lane's character to be the more flamboyant one. Okay. But Robin Williams said, you know what? That's going to be too much for me. I want to try something different. So I'll be the, no pun intended, the straight man. Mm. And when I mean straight, I don't mean my sexuality. I mean, I'm going to be the more serious one and all. And Nathan Lane will be the more... And Nathan Lane will be the more um, will be the more flamboyant one, which I got to admit that it works. It, it works. It absolutely works. So yeah, I. This is so because you got to look at it this way. This was the nineties where it was nineteen ninety six. Yeah, homosexuality was still kind of a taboo topic. Um, yeah, it was, unfortunately. You know, there was the Defense of Marriage Act that was passed in the 90s. There yeah. was the, um, what was it, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So, yeah. so it was still a very tough time to be gay. Like, for instance, I think Ellen DeGeneres in her show, she actually got fired for being gay. Oh, geez, okay. And so... I don't know how the crowd, how the audience reacted to this movie, but, but you know what? It, and it is sort of like, you know, what we, you know, shows, you know, LGBT people in yep. representation and one of the first, and one of the first, um, and also another thing that I want to briefly touch upon, it really shows like, a lot of like those politicians who pretend to be all, oh, I'm for family values, marriage, one man, one woman. And yet they're doing terrible things when nobody else is looking. Yeah. yeah. Like the guy, like the senators, others, like the other senator who was, you know, sleeping with an underage prostitute. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, the seriousness aside, the movie is just so freaking hilarious. Like I said, Nathan Lane, even when he's not dressed as a woman, is actually pretty funny. It's, again, Robin Williams is the straight man, and Nathan Lane is the over-the-top flamboyant. Um, and, yeah, I think Robin Williams, even though I do like, like seeing him in the over-the-top over roles, it is actually kind of interesting to see him play the more toned-down role. Yeah, I agree. It is kind of interesting to see him play the more toned-down role. But um, yeah, The Birdcage, great movie. You should all give it a watch. Awesome. You know, you know who directed it? Who directed it? Mike Nichols, the same guy who directed The Graduate. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. This has been Random Facts with Bill. Random Facts with Bill. Ow! And JT, if they can guess what song that's a parody of, what do they win? They win your respect. You win my respect. And isn't that a great prize? I wonder how many of our listeners and our watcher, our, our, our listeners in general, know what know where the random facts of Bill's song is. Guys, remember, if you win, if you get it right, you win my respect. Yes, we could always tell him at some point, but we'll we'll save that for another day. No, because we we gotta let him squirm. We gotta let him guess because exactly. my respect is very valuable these days. Um, yes. Okay. So this next movie we're talking about, okay, this is a movie I haven't really seen, but you know what? I think it is an interesting thing to talk about. Brokeback Mountain. 
broke back mountain talk to me bud okay the movie stars jake gyllenhaal and the late great heath ledger yes who was the joker in the dark knight for those of you who don't know and he actually got an oscar nomination for this yes and he he did let's not forget not only did he get on he got the nomination for that but he got the, he won the oscar for the dark knight so. yeah but anyway um fun, fun fun facts with jt anyways sorry that does not have the same ring it's um, good. Broke my anyway, the film is about two gay cowboys. Well, one of them is married, but one of them, I guess, comes out throughout the journey. Yeah. And and like I said, I haven't really seen it, but there's I know there's a scene. I I, I have seen this scene when they're both breaking it, when I have this big fight and one of them just breaks down and goes into the other one's arms. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and when the movie when it came out, critics liked it. But I'm gonna be honest with you, this movie actually flamed some controversy. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna set the scene for you folks. It's 2005, and uh, it also involves the Oscars. And you know who we, we, you know who should be here for this? Matt Hemsley. Not just Matt Hemsley. Doctor. Doctor Matt, Matt Hemsley, our Oscars expert. But you know what? I'm going to do my best, and I'm sure I'm going to do Doctor Hemsley proud. Um, yes, go for it. But anyway, okay. The scene is okay. It's 2004, five. Well, the movie came out in 2005. George Bush is in his second term. Not getting political here, but he's in his second term. He's trying to. And he said he wanted to have the what's called the Federal Marriage Amendment, which would recognize marriage as a union between a man and a woman. Which would, which would absolutely, which would basically make gay marriage constitutionally illegal. So that's the scene of where America is at this time. And now this is where the Oscars come in. This movie was nominated for Best Picture. Okay. Heath Ledger actually was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Okay. And Ang Lee was nominated for Best Director. Okay. Ang Lee ended up winning for Best Director. Ang Lee did win. Okay. Um, the other, um, but Heath Ledger did not win Best Supporting Actor. But the big one is, of course, Best Picture. This did not win. And you know why it did not win? Why? Because people were very... Listen, I'm not calling the Academy homophobic, so don't get my words twisted here. But... You got it. People did... There were members of the Academy who did not want to watch this movie. Oh, wow. Because, you know, when they have to pick, they have to watch all the movies that were nominated. They have to watch all the movies that were nominated. Correct. And there were members of the Academy that did not want to watch this movie because of its subject matter. That's a shame. And you know what? Because here's the thing. If you don't want to watch any of the nominated movies, then you shouldn't be in the Academy then. I agree. Academy, get on it. 
I don't know if Dr. Hemsley would agree with me on this point or not. We can always phone him later. <laughs> oh, I'll text. Oh, he's good. He's, he's either watching this or he's going to watch it later. And then he'll text me his opinion and tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, yes. But that's, for that's how it usually goes here because he's at work. He watches this later. And then he texts me and tell me if I'm right or wrong on something. That, that's our it's our ritual. Yes, but and the we're academy. gonna keep this ritual going. It's a good tradition. It's a good ritual. Um, yes, but the academy though. Anyway, um, yeah, but the academy, a lot members of the academy refused to watch it because of its subject matter. Um, but you know who was the most notable member of the academy that actually got that actually made his voice known on this one? Who? Ernest Borgine. Oh. Yeah, because there's actually a clip. It's on YouTube. Go go watch it. Yeah. But he did say first about it. He goes, yeah, go John Wayne would be rolling over in his grave if he saw this. And mm-hmm. and then he goes, uh, what about that? Um, yeah, he goes, yeah, there was this one movie. Um, I forgot what it was, uh, the gay cowboy movie. What was it? The and the crowd's going, broke back mountain. I'm like, yeah, that. Um, I didn't watch it. And they're like, why? Well, I didn't particularly care to see it. Wow. And then I, I just didn't want to watch it. And then, and then they're all like, um, and then they're like, did it have to do with the, the subject with two gay folks? I was, eh, you know what? To each his own. And he goes, cause I like, cause I like women. I have nothing against men, but I like women. And then he goes, and then he goes, you know, to each his own, who cares? But, I think, in all honesty, if you watch that clip, I think he's seriously just trying to dodge the question. I, I would say so too. I haven't seen the clip, but I would go watch the clip after this. Go watch the clip. Um, yeah, I will do. And you can tell he it, like we would play it for you guys, but we don't want to get caught with copyright. So yeah, thanks YouTube. Yeah, thanks YouTube. Um, but you can tell when he's being asked this question, he's trying to dodge it. And trying to get out of the question. Yeah. Um, but but no, I think if you're gonna be in a member of the academy, you need to watch all the movies that were nominated. So yeah, but so it did end up losing to Crash. Have you ever seen oh. Crash, JT? I've heard of it, I haven't seen it though. I'll be honest, it's boring. Okay, fair it's enough. It's a really boring movie. Um but yeah, the yeah it ended up losing to Crash, which this was probably one of the more controversial Oscar decisions, even I think bigger than when Shakespeare in Love beat Saving Private Ryan. Wow, I think that was even bigger than this. No, That's this crazy. Even bigger than that. Bigger than when Shakespeare in Love beat Saving Private Ryan, because. Because you want to know something, Paul Haggis, who is the director of Crash, he was actually asked in an interview. They actually talked about this in an interview. This is the guy who directed Crash, the movie yeah. that won Best Picture. He straight up said, yeah, Brokeback Mountain should have won Best Picture. Wow. The guy who directed the guy who directed the movie that won Best Picture, Crash, said, yeah, Brokeback Mountain should have won. Wow. What does that tell you? Tells me a lot, too, honestly. 
I don't think this guy had much faith in this film, in, in all honesty. If you're, saying, you're basically saying, I should have lost. And I, I know I brought up this poll before, but in 2015, in 2015, there was actually, and I've talked about this before, they actually surveyed Academy members on controversial decisions. And what did what they say? And, you know, I've gone through that. Um, Saving Private Ryan would have beat Shakespeare's yes. Love. Yes. Shawshank Redemption actually would have beaten Forrest Gump. Correct. Uh, they said if they would have voted again, they would have voted for Brokeback Mountain. Okay. So Brokeback Mountain would have won Best Picture. So. So, yeah, but. Yeah, but you know what? Like. I think you got to look at it this way. Societal attitudes have changed. Like, you know, we all talk about how much progress has been made. And, you know, with, I think, a movie with a gay couple in 2004, people were still kind of, even though this was the 2000s. Yeah. Things were slightly getting better mm -hmm. if you were LGBT, but they really weren't because, like I said, Bush wanted to do the federal marriage amendment. Um. And you know what the last, you know when was the last time that a majority of Americans opposed gay marriage? When was it? 2010. That long ago? I don't want to say that long ago, but that, really? Yeah, well, that was the last time a, major, a majority of Americans did not support gay marriage until like 2011. That is crazy. That's honestly, <clears throat> excuse me. That's crazy, bro. And and like, yeah, but um, yeah, that's yeah, but Brokeback Mountain. I think that was one of the things that maybe kept the Academy from that kept the Academy from voting for for Brokeback Mountain for Brokeback Mountain because the societal attitudes towards same-sex relationships was still a taboo topic at the time yeah um yeah so yeah and now the last one i'm gonna the last movie i'm gonna talk about and this is actually based on a true story okay do this, tell this is a movie called milk okay Milk actually tells the true story of Harvey Milk. Played by Sean Penn. <laughs> Played by who, who actually won an Oscar for this. Really? I didn't know that. He actually won Best Actor for this. That's great. And, okay, for those of you who don't know what Harvey Milk is, who Marvy, Harvey Milk is, look it up. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, Google it. <laughs> ooh, I, you should Google it. Learning, learning things is fun. It is. Learning things is always fun. Learning things is fun. Um, but anyway, um, but here's, okay, Milk is about, okay, Milk is about Harvey Milk. Okay. Harvey Milk was basically the MLK of the gay community. Um, he was the first city, he was the first gay person to sit on the San Francisco 
board of city supervisors. Okay. And and here's the and like and like here's the thing that um and the frame and device for the whole movie it actually takes place nine days before Harvey Milk was killed. Oh wow! Like that's the whole frame and device. He's sitting there. He's sitting there with a because this is the seventies, folks. So we didn't have iPhones. They had. Nope. He's sitting there with like a tape recorder and a microphone. He's like, Harvey. He said, "I Harvey Milk would lump his play this on the event of my death." And he's like just telling his life story about how how it really begins at he was just working in like finance or something. And like right before his 40th birthday and his then partner who was played by James Franco, they eventually end up becoming just good friends. But he's like, wow, 40 years old and I haven't accomplished anything. And then he moves to San Francisco. And okay, if anyone doesn't know their history, San Francisco in like the 70s, that was like in the 60s and 70s, that was actually the Castro district. That is where the... um. That, that is basically was like the birthplace of the gay rights movement. I didn't know that. See, this is why you hang out with me. You learn all this weird, sh- this random shit. <laughs> um, I learned a lot of stuff from Bill, ladies and gentlemen. I've learned a lot. Yeah, but that is because actually, because here's because the cash will make this. It's time for history lesson with Bill. Um, yes. What do you got? In Because actually after World War II, a lot of gay soldiers actually settled in the cash in San Francisco. Okay. In the Castro district. And then that it basically became the gay Haven. And then especially in like the sixties and seventies, when the gay rights movement was starting to pick up steam, Mm -hmm. that's where it really took place in, in the Castro in San Francisco. And around this time in the seventies, this was also the rise of the religious right when when one with people like Jerry Falwell and um Anita Bryant, but Jerry Falwell's not really mentioned. This movie's mentioned once, but Anita Bryant, yeah, who was a country singer, and she was actually the spokesperson for Florida's natural orange juice. Okay. And she was very involved in, she was very involved in religious, um, in basically overturning gay rights initiatives. Okay. And like, because here's an interesting fact, I actually read this up. Um, Because of her anti-gay activism, a lot of gay bars wouldn't sell screwdrivers made with Florida natural for those who don't know what a screwdriver is. It's orange juice and vodka. Okay. They actually would not make, they would not make screwdrivers with Florida natural because of Anita Bryant. Cause she was their spokesperson. Oh, wow. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of with her help, a lot of places were overturning gay rights ordinances. Mm-hmm. And that's when Harvey Milk, like there was a scene, I don't know where it was. I want to say it was in Minnesota, but I could be wrong. Um, if I'm wrong, folks, I'm wrong. 
And um, and I'll be man enough to admit that. But a bunch of people are like angry and they're about to riot. And Harvey Mill comes out with a micro with a megaphone and says, Anita Bryant brought us together. And we will not lay down and take this. And so we will not lay down and take this and we're going to fight. And, you know, he runs for office a bunch of times. He runs for office a bunch of times and loses. But then and he meets some people on the way, such as this gentleman right here. His name is Cleve Jones. When they first meet, he's like, yeah, I'm not interested. I'm going to Europe. I don't care. But then Cleve's boyfriend and him break up. And yeah. then he starts working for Harvey Milk. And this woman, I really forgot her name. I really feel bad. His campaign manager. But there is like when Harvey Milk is elected in 1977. And also he has a bit of an avis. Someone who had, I don't want to say they're at, he's an adversary because they do kind of have a professional relationship. And that is this gentleman right here. His name is Dan White. Played by Josh Brolin. Okay. Now, Dan White, it will get more to him in a minute, but Dan White was the, um, Dan White was a, um, also a city supervisor. Mm -hmm. He was also a city supervisor and he was also a they were both they were both democrats but he was like an old school conservative democrat he didn't like that san francisco was turning into like even take out the whole gay rights thing for a second like even if you look at like in the 60s you've heard of the summer of love jt right i have like a lot of people like we don't want the hippies here like he was supposed to be that I'm going to bring the, you know, basically 1950, the 1950s back. Mm, okay. Like, but they did um for a while, Harvey Milk and Josh McBrolin and I keep calling, I call him by the actor's name now. Um, They're good. And I'm sorry if I'm rambling on here, folks. I just like to go into detail, Um, but you're good, bud. Harvey Milk and Dan White. I would say they did have a professional relationship for a while. Like they did respect each other. Like he actually did invite Harvey Milk to his son's baptism. So they had somewhat of a relationship, but there was a lot of collision. And there was like a lot of collision between them. And, and, you know, like there was this, um, this big argument they had actually at Harvey Milk's birthday when he goes, well, you know, with the privileges, well, privileges, not, this is not about convenience. This is about my, our human, this is about our rights. And, and yeah, but anyway, the big test that comes with um, Harvey Milk was there was a state senator, his name was John Briggs, who okay. was super conservative. And he, and since all these anti-gay ordinances are coming around the country, he thinks he's got steam. He wanted to make a law saying he wanted he was proposing Proposition Six. Okay. Proposition Six was a bill that said any teacher who is gay or any teacher who 
sympathizes with the, okay, I'm using the words that they would use back then, folks, with the gay agenda. Yeah. Would lose their job. Wow. Okay. And Harvey Milk was a big proponent on this. And like this scene right here. Yeah. This is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie when he says, when he says, my name is Harvey Milk and I'm here to recruit you. And he's like, and he's like saying, come out to your family, come out to your employers, come out to your friends if they really are your friends. And, and you know, there were the debates between Milk and Briggs that they show. And then on the day that um, Proposition 6 is getting voted on, um, because they call this the Briggs Initiative. And there was actually a, um, a scene earlier in the movie, earlier in the movie when a young man calls Harvey Milk, a random young man and says, Mr. Milk, I'm going to kill myself. I go, wait, why? And he goes, I'm gay. And my parents say I'm sick and they're going to put me in an institution. Hmm. And he said, get on a bus and go somewhere. And... Then later in the movie, like, it's the night of Proposition 6. It's the night of Proposition 6, the vote. And at first they're losing. And, okay, one of my other favorite quotes in the movie when Cleve is telling, because he's good at getting people for basic riots. And he goes, I can get a 1,000 people here in 20 minutes going, I can't say this as a public, as an elected official, but do it. And, And he gets a call. And he goes, listen, I forgot who the guy he was talking to goes, listen, so-and-so, I, I can't talk right now. And he goes, Mr. Milk, I don't know if you remember me. I'm, my name is Paul. I'm like, Paul? And he goes, I was the kid who called you like a year or so ago and said I was going to kill myself. And he's like, oh, my God, I thought you were a goner. What, what happened? And he goes, I got my friend to buy me a bus ticket to L.A., I'm here. I turned 18 a few days ago. And the first thing I did, I voted against Proposition 6. I, I borrowed your friend's phone. So I'm using that. Congratulations, Mr. Milk. And what ends up happening is Proposition 6 ends up getting defeated. And then a couple weeks later, um, for those who don't know the history, um, yeah, I got to spoil this for you. Yeah, I'm, I am kind of spoiling this for you, but this was based on a true story. You can Google this shit. Um, You're good, bud. Um, Dan White, Josh Brolin's character, ends up resigning from the City Board of Supervisors. Okay. And But then he starts to change his mind, and he goes to the mayor, Mayor Moscone, and says... And says, yeah, um, I'd like to rescind my resignation as and take it back. And he goes, I'll consider it. And then Harvey Milk goes in and says, no, don't take him back. And he goes, listen, you take him back. I'll get the gay community to vote against you next election. So he doesn't end up accepting Dan White's decision to come back. So then Dan White on, I want to say November 28th, 1978, goes into the city hall. He ends up 
going into Mayor Moscone's office, shoots him and kills him. Jesus. And then he goes into Harvey Milk's office and shoots him and kills him. And and little post conduct after that, he does get charged. And he he was charged with first degree murder, but he got off with a manslaughter charge. You know why? This why? is probably the dumbest defense in legal history. Okay. What is it? They say, well, um, Mr. White's diet wasn't the best. His um, you know, because of he ate a lot of Twinkies, and yeah, I'm this is I'm serious, folks. And so, you know, the junk he was eating caused a chemical imbalance in his brain. So, therefore, he wasn't culpable of his actions. It's called the Twinkie defense. Okay. That is the, it is the dumbest, it is literally the dumbest legal defense of all time. Wow. It's like, oh, I didn't mean to to smack, to, you know, kill you with a baseball bat. I just had a couple Twinkies and a few ding-dongs. I didn't mean to. Yeah, you see how dumb that defense is? Really dumb, really dumb. Yeah, like, um, but anyway, but there's, in all seriousness, my favorite quote from Harvey Milk that he, he says, because like I said, the whole movie's being narrated by him a few days before he died. And he says this, if a bullet goes through my brain, let it go through every closet door. True. As in, come on out, come out. Yeah. And I got him in this movie. The end of the movie kind of got me a little teary eyed because he, because ironically, he got shot in the head. And if a bullet was to go through my head, let it go through every closet door. And and that's with um and that's Harvey and that's Harvey Milk. That and that's the film. It's a really good movie. Highly recommend you folks watch it. Um yeah, but you know what? I know we're gonna be transitioning to TV shows, but you know what? I think this is a good transition. Um okay. because I just talked about the Briggs Initiative and Proposition Six. There was actually an episode of All in the Family back in the 70s. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard the TV show All in the Family. I have heard of this, but go on. Because there was an episode. It was... Okay, it's an episode called Cousin Liz. The Artie, Archie and Edith Bunker, Edith's cousin, Liz, passes away. She was a very attractive woman who surprisingly never married. And they come out to California for the, oh, I, it wasn't California, I forgot where it was, but right. they go out for the funeral. And, and they're wondering about this tea set that, Liz had and she goes and they after the funeral they go to the house of Veronica Liz's roommate right because they were both teachers and one and Veronica pulls Edith aside and says 
and says, listen, can I keep the tea set? Because I wanted to be kept of Liz because um, we loved each other. Oh, yeah, well, she was my cousin. I loved her because our love was more like a marriage. You know what she's hinting at here, folks. I do, yes. Our love was more like a marriage. You're going like, oh, but that's impossible. Like, oh, it's the whole... What Matt, if you if you haven't checked out his channel, his name is Matt Baum. He does a lot of LGBT culture videos. Go, plug for his channel. Go check it out. It's really fun to watch. Um, it's what he calls the straight person not getting gay euphemisms joke. Um, go, oh, that. And then and then Edith says, okay, you can keep it. You're her family. And she's leaving, and then Archie goes, wait, why aren't you getting the tea set? Going, because it belongs to Veronica. Goes, well, you're her family. Goes, she's her family, too. Going, well, Veronica and Liz were going, oh, you say she was a, I'm not going to say that word. It's a derogatory term that we should not use towards people. But you're good. That's it. But, and then and then Archie threatens to, and he's talking to Veronica, Archie basically threatens to out her. Oh, geez. And says, so well, or we could take this to court, and we could take this to court and um, let a judge decide. Mm-hmm. He said, I can't do that. But why? I'll lose my job. Because mm-hmm. like I said with milk, this was a time if you were gay, you could lose your job. Back then, yes. No, they literally had a morality police that people would go around. If you went to a gay club, they'd take a picture and send it. And I'm like, okay, first of all, these people sound like they have way too much free time in their hands. Um, I agree. But anyway, yeah, go take up a hobby or something. What people do in their personal life is none of your freaking business. But anyway, and they're like, and and then Archie goes on this giant tirade. God doesn't want God is going to sit in judgment. And then Edith goes, he's God. You're not. And then and then the this is kind of a dumb point when he goes, listen, it's not too late. You can turn yourself around and find yourself a man, which he doesn't understand that being gay is not a choice. And OK, and why I brought up this with milk and Proposition six was. Because this air, this movie actually aired a, you know, this episode actually aired a year before Proposition Six. Wow. A year before. And, and I don't know if this was planned or maybe this was just a quinky dink. This episode actually aired the night before the election. Oh, geez. Okay. Proposition six. It aired the night before the election. Wow. Like, I don't know if, again, I don't know if it was just a coincidence or they actually planned it. But hold on one second. Okay. Okay. I'm back. Um, anyway, they actually, yeah, but, um, but because of this, like I said, when I, when I was just talking about milk, Proposition six Briggs ended up getting defeated. And a lot of people, you know, this just shows that media can have an impact on people. 
people have actually said they actually voted against Proposition 6 because they sympathize with the gay teacher on that episode of All in the Family. Huh. So, you know, you want to know something, folks. This really shows you that media can impact things. Of course it can. Because, yeah, well, that's what for one I heard from Matt Baum's channel. I don't like they said that people sympathize with the teacher on that episode. Right. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, she shouldn't have lost her job, even though this yeah. I said, yeah, fine. No. And and yeah, but um, and also I forgot to mention when I was talking about milk with that prop six thing. Anita Bryant, who I was talking about, her influence yeah. just absolutely died after that. Oh, jeez. She like no, like I think she's still alive. I don't know. I gotta look that up. I don't know if she's still alive, but yeah, like no, her her protect the children movement lost steam after after the Proposition Six vote. Oh wow. Um. Yeah, and you want to know something? I don't know if you ever saw this. at one event when she was speaking. You know what somebody did in protest? Took well, a pie did. and slammed it in her face. Oh my god, that's awful. I wonder how it tasted. Maybe it's banana cream pie. Who knows? I wonder what. I wonder what kind of flavor. You know what? What kind of pie? I would like slammed in my face. If you know what kind of pie hit her in the face, you can reach the one eight hundred. God, Bill. What pie would you want slammed in your face, JT? Blueberry. Ooh. I love blueberry pie. Ooh, blueberry pie is good. Yes, it um, is. It is really good. I, I would want apple. Oh, uh, yeah. Apple pie. <laughs> or, or lemon meringue. Lemon meringue would be good. Lemon meringue is good, too. Okay, you would probably hurt me from slamming it in my face, but hey, at least it's going to taste good. No worries. Um, okay. Enough about pies. But even though pie is delicious. Um, yes, pie is delicious. Anyways. But anyway, um, yeah, so... Yeah, so, okay, JT, I've been monopolizing this conversation. Um, You have any topics to bring up? I have one thing I want to bring up specifically for our, our viewers tonight. And then we can talk about music. <laughs> and then we'll go to music and we'll go back and forth a little bit. But I want to talk about Big Bang Theory and the actor who, that, who played on, um, uh, played Sheldon. Jim Parsons. The guy's name is Jim Parsons. For those of you who don't know, Jim, first off, this show, I, I did a whole video about why you should watch Big Bang Theory. Go check that out on our YouTube channel. But the guy who played Jim, uh, the guy who played uh, Sheldon on Big Bang Theory, first off, his acting, I, I could barely tell. This is just my own side note. I could barely tell that, he, that, that I, I didn't see Jim Parsons. I saw only saw Sheldon. That's a good an actor. He was in that role. He was a perfect perfect casting for this character anyways he is gay he has a husband and he is very he's a very i'm not sure if he's an act activist on the lgbt art, art director sure. what's that he's an art director he's an art director excuse me but I, what i was gonna say was he is most known for being on big bang theory however he I, is this is more of less about the character and more about like just how great of an actor he is. This whatever you think of him, his sexuality doesn't matter. We're here to celebrate that. We're here to celebrate differences and, and build bridges instead of tear down walls. Just saying. Um, we're here to, we're, we're here to bring people together, That's not tear people apart. We're here to unite, not divide. We're here to unite, not, not divide. Thank you. Um, but, Pope Francis, build bridges, not walls. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. 
But I love when I, when I was big when big when Big Bang Theory was on TV. This he was so funny, and honestly, he he's the character of Sheldon Cooper. Like I think it was he was born to play that character. It was so good. It was such a great role for him to pick. It was honestly one of the greatest. I, I he actually won an Emmy for he won an Emmy for the his acting on Big Bang Theory because he's one of the few television actors where I didn't see the actor. I only saw the character. That's very hard to do as an actor or as a director or whatever. It's hard to only see the characters and watch the story. And he did that for an entire series. Props to this guy, Sheldon uh, Jim Parsons from Sheldon Cooper. Yeah, he was just. An incredible, he's an incredible actor. He deserves more roles in Hollywood. And he is he is gay. But I want to say that I love him personally because he because I didn't I'm gonna repeat it again. I didn't see Jim Parsons on Sheldon on Big Bang Theory. I only saw Sheldon Cooper. That's how good he was. He's that and if you've not seen Big Bang Theory, get on it. It's a really funny show. Yeah, but because I used to watch it too, actually. And yeah. um and, and you know what? Because it really shows you with when he came out. Yeah. And, and you know what? This I think this is a good thing here because it really shows you that um, our society has again our society has changed quite a bit better because used you it used to be when someone came out be like oh he's gay yeah and and he just like mentioned it in an interview going yeah I'm gay uh me and my partner we've been together for ten years. This was at the time saying, you know, me and my partner, we've been together for 10 years. I'm gay. It's not, you know, it's not a big, you know. Right. It's not a big hoopla. Because this was um, shortly after this. This is actually when Anderson Cooper came out, too. And And it wasn't really a big hoopla. He just made a post saying, hey, I'm gay and I'm comfortable and I'm happy. And... I think that Jim, people like Jim Parsons really shows that coming out is really not a big deal anymore. No, because like, no, no, don't get me wrong. I'm straight, but I have friends who are gay. Yeah. And some of them have told me that com- I, I'm not dismissing that coming out isn't difficult. No, I'm sure. I'm not dismiss- dismissing that coming out is difficult because I have some gay friends who have told me that coming out was very difficult for them. It, it's it's a very monumental thing for people to say. Because you know what's going through your mind. Like, are my friends and family still going to love me? Are they still going to accept me? Are they going to kick me to the curb? And, 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 you know, but I hope we get to the point one day where coming out is just not a big deal. I think we're getting there. I hope one day that people can comfortably tell their friends and family and loved ones that they're gay and have no fear of being disowned. I honestly, I I hope that day comes very soon. I think that day is coming quicker than you would think truthfully. Yeah. Cause, um, cause yeah. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, with TV shows, there is another show I want to talk about. Sure, and then we'll jump over to music after that. Go ahead. Will and Grace. Yes, Will and Grace. 
Talk to me, bud. I, I've only watched a few episodes of this, so I have not seen it myself. I know that I know a lot of people love Will and Grace. I just haven't haven't seen it though. So. Because I think this was one of those shows in like the nineties when this was one of those shows in the nineties. Like again, the nineties was still a bit of a eh, time for being gay. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's about a it's about a two gay men who are living together one is a will is his is a lawyer and is a lawyer and um and jack his friend is is a actor and they're living together and grace who is an interior designer and and it's sort of i haven't seen the whole show so i can't really speak to the matter um yeah neither have i so but um it's like about will like will and grace's relationship like they actually at one point, Will actually considered having a baby with Grace. Oh, wow. And and um, yeah, and because like I said, 90s and into the Bush administration, this was a you know, tough time. But then but you know what? Then the show was revived in 2017. I didn't know that. It was revived. And I remember watching the revival episode. I actually watched it. And this is really sad. You know who I watched this with? Who? My mom. Okay. I know that's very, very sad, but. You're good. But, um, yeah, but the thing is, it's like. um, But it it is really kind of. um. It's really kind of sad because at the end of the series finale in the original, you know, they they got married and had had Will and Grace married their partners and had children with each other. But but in this one it was just a dream and it never happened. Oh. And and um which I kind of find weird why they didn't do that and this was also um i really don't know why they brought it back but i know this was in the first couple months of the trump administration and they actually in the end of the first episode of the revival you know what they did what they do you know the um the maga hat but make america great again hat yep they actually had a hat at the end that said make america gay again ah that's funny that is pretty funny okay you know what? I'm done talking about this just because I never really watched it, so I don't want to sit here and look like a jackass who has no idea what he's talking about. You're good. You're good. Um, I have a couple artists that I could think of. For music? Yes. We're jumping over to music, ladies and gentlemen. Is that good with you? That is fine with me. But Should we say? No, we'll talk about him first. Freddie Mercury. And Queen. And Queen. How could we... For those who don't know, Freddie Mercury was in Queen. Because Queen is a great band. But Freddie Mercury was very gay. (laughs) 
Um, For those of you who don't know, shocker! Yeah, surprise everyone. Freddie Mercury of Queen was gay. And look, I love Queen. Queen is great. Adam Lambert, the guy they got now, is gay too. So. Yeah, because I'm. Yeah. I've watched a because if you've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, you know. Oh yeah, they 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 go full fledged. Like first he was with um, he was with a woman, Mary Austin, and they broke it off. Yeah. But they remained like you know throughout throughout their their life he he they remained good friends. Yeah. They remained really good friends. Um, like. Because I watched in the documentary, because if you remember the scene of Bohemian Rhapsody, Mary just storms out about him being gay. Yep. Apparently, I watched this documentary, and apparently it wasn't like that. Okay. Freddie just told Mary, listen, I've been lying to myself for a while, and I don't want to lie to you. And she goes, are you gay? And he goes, yeah. And she was totally cool with it. It really shows you shows you something too. What, what does it show you? I mean, that shows me like, but that she was very accepting of who he was. Yeah, but um, Queen's music. Be honest with me, JT. Do, yes. If you were listening to any of Queen's music, would you think that Freddie Mercury is gay? But be honest. We're all I, friends here. Some of it, truthfully, like you listen. I want to break free and look at the music video for that. Oh, that. That that music video actually gained some controversy. I know. Because mainly over here in the US. Right. Not really in the UK, but still. No, because in the UK, drag is just a form of theater. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, what a truly good rob. <laughs> Isn't that right? Oh chap. Oh, it's quite it's quite entertaining. Oh, bead. Pass me the tea. Oh, what a jolly good show. Um, <laughs> no offense to our British audience. Yeah, my terrible British accent. Sorry, everyone. But um, but no, over there, over over there, it's if you saw a man dressed up like a woman, it's just a show. It's theater. Like people it's just theater. people just laugh it off. Yeah, exactly. But over here, you gotta know our country is more conservative at the time yeah at the time our country is socially was socially more conservative and yeah definitely like for instance um in another queen documentary i watched they said back in those days they said when these conservative guys get in reagan bush even a group that's relatively sounds gay they take them off the air that's crazy like they said, even the Bee Gees, three straight men. At least I think they were all straight. Um, I think they were too. With their high pitched voices. Yep. That even raised an eyebrow. Right. Really, e- any music group that even relatively sounds gay, off the air. Crazy. Yeah, but um, yeah, Freddie Mercury though. Um, aside from I want to break free, could you really tell or no? I mean, we have we don't have a lot. We have all the time in the world, but not all the time. But I was gonna say, if you, if, if, I just, on a side note, I just want to let everyone know: if you do the research, 
and you look up the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody, the lyrics and take out all the music and just read it, read the words. This is my firm belief. Personally, I'm just saying this on air. I'm saying this that we're out there. I believe that is his coming out song. Personally, if you really break it down, mm. if you, I, you know, I want to do this on air. If you break down the word, if you Google the word Bohemian definition, the definition means a socially unconventional person, especially one who is involved in the arts. Let's go to Rhapsody. Meaning the word is an effusively enthusiastic or ecstatic expression of feeling. So you put you put the two together. I believe this is my personal opinion. Take it or leave it. I believe Bohemian Rhapsody is about Freddie Mercury coming out as gay. Mm. I mean, that's a very tall, you know, bold statement. But once you think about it, that could be true because you know the whole "Mama just killed a man." Yep. See what I'm Mama saying? Mama just killed. Him. Put a gun against his head. Pulled my trigger. Cool. Now he's dead. Think Mama, life had just begun. Now I've gone and thrown it all away. Maybe that's. Maybe saying that he killed a man is an expression for that he um, yeah. had intercourse with him. Of course. Could be anything. And Seriously. mama life had just begun and now I have to go. Now I've gone and thrown it all away. Um, mama, mama, ooh. I don't want to die. Mama, I don't want to die. Maybe that's, um, or, or, or this part. It's too late. My time has come. Spend, spend shivers down my spine. Body's aching all the time. Seriously, guys, think about it. Like, maybe that's him being afraid to come out. I, that's my opinion. I mean, I don't want to go super in depth, but that's just we'll be here all night. Yeah, that's a long, long episode. (coughs) Excuse me. But if you get on Patreon, that'll be maybe that could be a Patreon episode. Yes. If you can figure out what Bohemian City means, pass it, pass it our Patreon. Anyways, no, but um, I will say this though. I did do a video for Queens and I at the opera one episode on our YouTube channel called rock talk. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And I go a lot more in depth with what I just said uh, with about Bohemian Rhapsody possibly being, you know, that song being his coming out song. I mean, there's nothing really to prove that. I mean, Brian May has been pretty hush hush for a long time, but still, I don't know. Just yeah. like, and you know, what's another song that can maybe prove that he's gay. Two songs I was thinking about um, a bunch truthfully, but one somebody to love. Just would say the same thing because, well, that it could be some from a straight person perspective, but when you're it thinking about this time, good old fashioned lover boy, you know what? Um, a professor I had in college said was about his homosexuality. What get this? We are the champions. I could see that. Said when he said, We are the champions, meaning talking about the gay the community. Gay. That that's more in, that's a little bit more in depth than I would think, but that's me. Like I don't know what these people. I don't know if that's what they had intended. Right. I really do not know. I I'm and we can't really ask him because he is sadly no longer with us. He died over thirty years ago, so we can't really. Um. And, and no, no, I don't think he would. T- if he was still alive, I don't think he would tell us. Because you said Brian May has been very. Brian, Brian May, Roger Taylor, the, the members of even John Deacon has been retired now for a long time. John Deacon has said, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure I know what it means, but. Well, maybe they want to protect <laughs> Freddy's. I, I just I, I'm of the belief that Freddy's 
coming out song is Bohemian Rhapsody. That's me personally. I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I just I think yeah. that that's the case. And also, as we all know, Freddie died of AIDS in 1991, and nobody really knew. Yep. Until like he did not go public until the day before he passed away. Yeah, which was November 27th. 24th. Uh, 20. Uh, sorry, 20. Thank you, Bill. Got me. Um, but, but yeah, um, I mean, what can you say? But um, no, because I remember I actually um saw an interview on YouTube that was from the week after Freddie passed away when they were talking to Roger Taylor and Brian May. I've seen that video too. And they said, how long did Freddie have AIDS? Well, we can't answer that question because we don't exactly know. There you go. Because some are saying that he got it in like 87, 88. Post Live Aid. The movie, the movie got that part wrong. Yeah, which again, and we talked about this before, they want to make a sequel. But you, you, it, because of that, you kind of screwed the pooch. Exactly. I would not make a single time. It, it was it was it won so many Oscars as well. And it, I would not do it personally. That's me. But um, um, but long story short, Freddie Mercury of Queen, a one of the greatest of all time, one, one of, of the, the greatest of all time. I would say he is he's pretty close to a best vocalist. I would say it's a toss up between him and Steve Perry. That would, I would agree with that. I would say the toss up between him and Steve Perry, him and Steve Perry and the two of the greatest rock and roll rock vocalists of all time. But Freddie is, I mean, some people put Freddie over Steve. Some people put Steve over Freddie either way. And you know what, whatever you choose, we respect your opinion. Exactly. Um, that's your opinion. Yes. I have one more off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. I have one, I have more one too. So who do you got? Let's see. Oh, Did, I actually I- have two other ones that we need to talk about after this. So let's talk about Mr. Careless Whisper, George Michael. <laughs> we, we all can pretty much say that Careless, George, Careless Whisper, George Michael is gay. Was, he was, yes, he was very gay. Um, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. You know, I, I, I've said before, we, fully, we support you out there in the LGBTQ community. Um, but George Michael, you can just kind of tell. Wake me before you go, go. And careless whisper, like even more of his like faith, and other songs like in his solo career, like he actually played somebody to love at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert. In oh yeah, I remember that in '92. Actually, he played he he covered somebody to love with Queen. It's pretty funny. Yeah, but um, last Christmas, one of the you know the one of those types of love songs were holidays. God, it's June. Do we have to talk about that already? I had to mention it really quick. That's all. Well, we're halfway to Christmas anyway, so um, don't say that. It's almost summer. It's summertime. Anyways, <coughs> I was gonna say one more thing too. Just we, we talked about this during our Christmas episode. I hate to bring this up again, but the New York Post. For those who don't, don't live outside of the New York New York area, the New York Post had a really great cover story for when he died because he died on Christmas, and it said George Michael last Christmas it was pretty funny. Um, not funny that he died, but no, but like the, the the choosing the selection of that is the, the head of the newspaper was pretty funny. I mean, it's, it's very sad that he passed, but still. Um, but George Michael, a pioneer of pop, um, he really changed the ball game quite a bit with pop music. I mean, Careless Whisper, if you play that, everyone still knows what that is today. And also, thanks to Deadpool and to Deadpool, <laughs> Deadpool, bam, 
wham, wham. Um, and what's your favorite George Michael song? Solo or with wham? Either or. Careless whisper. There's no denying it. I hate. Yeah. I, I, what's yours? It is. Faith. Faith is great. Oh I my gotta God. have faith. I gotta have before this river becomes an ocean. Before you throw my heart back off the floor. Cause you gotta have faith. Anyways, we gotta have faith. Yes, and freedom is another one too. Another one of his songs. I think that song was actually about him coming out. I think that one too. Okay, this was just a bop, but like freedom is definitely that one. Um, <coughs> what is your pick, bud? What do you got next? Okay, I got two more. Yeah, go ahead. We have to talk about him, Sir Elton John. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking of that, but go on. Jane, we swiped left. We um, swiped left. <laughs> no, but Elton John, baby, go for it. One of the greatest musicians of all time. That's not even up for debate. Freaking goat status. Right he here. is on the goat status. Elton John is. I. My, I'm just gonna say this. I don't really care who listens. My aunt works for Elton John, and it's great to have an aunt like that. Just saying. But go on. Um, <laughs> um all but, listeners are like, damn you, J-Man. <laughs> but for those of you who don't know, and I think it's pretty obvious, he's gay. Oh, how could you not tell? <laughs> With all the flamboyant costumes throughout the years. The glasses, the... Did you know, you know, you know he, was, he, was, he actually did not wear glasses growing up? Did you know this? Yeah, I think so. Because he actually, I don't even know this. He actually wore glasses. He started wearing glasses because he loved Buddy Holly. And then the glasses, just his eyes adjusted to glasses. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. This has been Fun Fact with JT. We're going to start doing that now. Yeah. So anyway, like, did you know, though, at one point, Elton John was actually married to a woman? I didn't know that. Tell me more. Her name was Renata. Okay. And even though he had already come out and it won't come out to his parents. And there is a scene in Rocket Man, I don't know how true it is, when yeah. he calls and he and he says to his mom going and uses all the derogatory slurs. Yeah, but you're never gonna find somebody to love you. You're gonna live a life of loneliness. Mm. Because don't forget, people, this was the 70s and yeah, before the 80s. <laughs> But no, even in the 80s, like I think it was in the 80s, um, Elton John got married to this German woman named Renata. Yep. They were only married for a few years and they got divorced. And I actually heard in a documentary. Yeah, I watch a lot of documentaries, folks. But anyway. So do I. Um, Elton John said, I really did feel bad about that because she is a really great person and I hope she's well. Um, Good for him. He said, because she really is a good person. And I really feel bad for her. And then when he finally came out, he, um, you know, now he had, now he's married to uh, David Furnish. Who's a wonderful guy. Yeah. And they have two kids together. And, but you know what? It's also, um, it's also very, um, it's also very, it's also very thing because aside from his music, which is freaking amazing. Um, yeah, some of the best. He actually, you know, does a lot for AIDS research. Yes. 
He does. He does. He his AIDS foundation has been pioneering along with you too. I think they partnered up with the two of them. You know, the AIDS and, foundation. And you know who Elton John was actually very good friends with? Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. They were really good friends. See, I know my facts. And that was one of the reasons why he started the Elton John AIDS Foundation. Right, because Freddie died. Well, the other reason was also he was friends with this kid named Ryan White who had AIDS. And and um, and also, this doesn't really have to do with Elton's sexuality, but actually it kind of does. Because during the AIDS crisis, I remember I saw it when in the inside the actor's studio, he said, you know, all these people were dying of AIDS and I as a gay man wasn't doing anything. Right. And, and, um, and, and, um, you know, um, so anyway, um, Elton John said, so anyway, but with what's her face, what's his face with Ryan White, um, he, um, he was a kid who got AIDS from a blood transfusion and, <laughs> In his small town of Indiana, a lot when okay, this was the 80s, not much was known about AIDS and everyone freaked out. They didn't want their kids going to school with him because they thought they would catch it. Yep. Because, again, this was the 80s. Not not everything was known about AIDS. Nope. Not everything was known. And. And Elton John actually helped, I think, actually helped pay for them to move. To another place in Indiana. Wow. And him and Ryan White actually became good friends. He passed away. And Elton actually sang at his funeral. And he actually said when Ryan White died, he said, because, okay, aside from sexuality, Elton John also had a lot of drugs and alcohol problems. At one point, yeah. And he said after Ryan died, I knew I needed to straight. I knew I needed to clean up mm-hmm. because I. He said I remember going to his funeral, looking at the cat, looking at him in the casket, looking at him in the casket. I'm thinking, oh my god, like this is a young kid who never complained, and he's gone. And me, I'm doing all this crap, and I'm not even enjoying it anymore. So I need to straighten up. Not not in that. You know what I mean? No, of course. I didn't mean in sexuality wise. I mean, I need to clean up. You're good. And and you know what he's he's even said about HIV. He said, you know, of all the stuff I've done, drugs, alcohol, I'm just surprised and grateful that I ne- that I never became HIV positive. There you go. And you know, and I think he he is. Yeah, I think he is the face of the gay community in entertainment. Tell me what you think. That's living, yes. Well, you also got Freddie Mercury and... Well, that's li- that's why I said that's living. Who is the living one? Because yeah. for a while it was Freddie, <coughs> George Michael, Adam Lambert, so... Yeah, Um. you know... Okay, and my last one we're going to talk about she is actually a big face of the gay community in entertainment today. Who are we talking about? Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is gay? Well, she's bisexual. Oh, okay, that's fair. But once you think about it, her music is actually really big in the gay community. That's true. So you know what? We're counting it. We're counting it. 
We are counting at it. We're, Lady Gaga, we support you. Don't worry. Yeah, and you know what she got her name after? What? The, the Queen song, Radio Gaga. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. This is Ben. Rain a box with Bill. Rain a box with Bill. Oh, yeah. Remember, what do you win? You win Bill's respect. Yeah, so... I'll be honest, in the beginning of Lady Gaga's career, I wasn't her biggest fan. I thought her music was kind of weird. And it was very, very pop, heavy pop. But she, she's evolved to quite the artist. So. I, I'll be honest, I hated Bad Romance. For the longest time, I hated no. that song. <laughs> and now I, I t- tolerate it. But, it's not bad. I mean, Born This Way is great, too. Oh, that was the song that we... I think that is the official anthem of the LGBT community now, Born This Way. Uh, I was Born This Way. Yeah. Um, rejoice and love yourself today because, baby, you were born this way. Yes. And she's just so. She is just so, you know, her music is so influential. And yep. a lot of gay people find comfort in the music. Yeah. And they. And. I don't really know much to say right now. Um, Other than that, she's very talented. She's very talented. I love Born This Way. I also love Just Dance. Just Dance, it's going to be I okay. Think just, I think if you ask me my favorite Lady Gaga song, I would say it's a toss-up between Born This Way and Just Dance. Yeah, those are good. Shallow is good, too. The one she did with Bradley Cooper for the start. Eh, it's okay. I like it. It was. Good. I don't despise it. It's, no, it. It got overplayed a lot, though. It was number one hit. Um... I really, what else did I like? Um, Poker Face. Poker Face is another one. And that had really, um, that had a lot of sexuality overtones to it. Yeah. A million reasons. You got to show your poker face. Yep. Million, million reasons is good too. I can think of a million reasons to walk away, but only one good one to stay. There you go. But, um, yeah, and did you know Lady Gaga is Godfather to Ellen John's two kids? I did know that. <laughs> See, you know stuff too. I know stuff because my aunt tells me all this crap from Ellen John. Anyways. No, because Lady Gaga and because Elton John and Madonna got into it. They got into it a bunch of times, but but no, yeah. I think because Madonna said something about Gaga and Elton John basically told Madonna to F off for the 6,387th time. Yeah. Yeah. Elton John and uh, Madonna don't like each other because I think he said something a long time. I didn't know lip syncing counted. And, and um, yeah. And then Madonna said something about Lady Gaga. And since again, Lady Gaga is godfather to Elton's two children. He stepped in and was like, yeah, off. I don't know what he exactly said, but that was the nature of it. Right, exactly. But um, but yeah, um, I really do love um. You know what was like um? Because do you remember? And you know what? Once you think about it, though, Lady Gaga is sort of like the female Elton John. To an extent, yeah. Because remember, in like the beginning of her career, she was wearing the weird outfits. Yeah, like the space outfit, or, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I think it was at like the Grammys or something. 
that they like walked her in on something. She was like in an egg type thing. Yeah, that was weird. So I think Lady Gaga was like Lady Gaga. Once you think about it, is sort of like the female Elton John. I agree. And like, I think she's kind of toned down on the crazy outfits. Uh, she's she's much more. Uh, I hate to say presentable, but she's much more tolerable. Modest. Modest now. There you go. Like, I remember my grandmother, God rest her soul. I remember um, for like the 50th anniversary of Sound of Music. I don't know if you remember this. Lady Gaga sang at the Oscars to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Sound of Music. I remember that. And, and I remember my grandmother was like, oh, my God, she was looking normal. Well, yeah. And and she goes, her did you know she worked with a voice teacher for a good couple of months just for that night? Wow, that's crazy. Cause I get I think getting your voice down to something like that is yeah. Is tougher than is tougher than um it is tough. So but no, I really do like her music and yep. You were, and I think her music is just really about everyone belonging. It's really about inclusion. It's about, this is my favorite line in Born This Way is, as someone who is autistic, my favorite line in that song is whether, whether outcast dis- or disability, whether disabilities have left you outcasts, bully or tease, rejoice and love yourself today because baby, you were born this way. And but um, I really got nothing left to say right now. You, I'm good if you're good. I'm good, but you know, Lady Gaga, you're awesome. You are freaking awesome. Um, so is that gonna do it for us? I think that's the end, my friend. Well, for all of you out there in the LGBTQ plus community, we love you. We love you. We support you 100%, and we strongly we have your back as hosts of the Super Review Show. You, have a, th- you always have a, regardless of anyone, whether you're gay, straight, black, white, you have a home here. You have a place here. Yes, you, we do. You have we a don't place judge. Here. We don't judge at all. Unless you root for the Red Sox, then we might judge. But other than that, we don't judge. In that case, everyone, we're gonna, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for watching, streaming, however you enjoyed us. I want to thank the good man, Bill Murphy, as always. Always a pleasure, my me. friend. Thank you so much. I think this is like one of our longest episodes, too. Yeah. Well, we, well no, not, it's not our longest. Remember when we did the overrated movies? That was like three hours. That was three hours. That, that was a rough one. That Anyways, was fun, though. Um, it was fun. But yeah, thank you so much for watching, listening, streaming, however you enjoyed us. And so we salute you, LGBT plus community. We respect you. We love you. You guys are great. Awesome. And happy Pride Month. And happy Pride Month, everyone. Thank you so much for watching, streaming. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Mixed Bag. Stay safe and take care. And don't forget to check out the Sports and Sanity podcast on all platforms. The shameless plug continues. The shameless plug continues. (laughs) Until next time, everyone. Stay safe and take care. Take care. Good night, folks.